0: From the Utah School Counselors Association, this is The Sounding Board, where school counselors share ideas. I'm Nate Webb, school counselor, USCA board member, and every week I'll be speaking with different counselors and professionals that will be giving us valuable information in our counseling world. We cannot wait for you to hear these ideas. Let's get to it. What is up everybody and welcome back to The Sounding Board with the Utah School Counselors Association and we have yet another segment of Starting Little Ending Big with our wonderful elementary school counselors Elise, Holly, and Gina. Welcome everybody to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Holly, it has been a hot second since we've been on Starting Little Ending Big with you. Welcome back. So happy to have you. Thank you, thank you always, always. So this week we are talking about kindness. Um, we always have been talking about soft skills and how we're helping these kids develop them at an early age. It's a big job of elementary school counselors. And then in February, some some, some programs do it as a week, some programs do it as a month, but they have, we have the Kindness Week, Kindness Month, um, where we're trying to help teach kids to be empathetic and kind. And so we're wondering how you guys go about doing that within your schools.
1: Well, I I can start. So, um, you know, you're talking about those soft skills, but to me, kindness is one of the most important prevention things that we can teach to kids. Kindness truly is one of the most powerful things, if not the most powerful thing in the world. And so helping kids really make that as part of their foundation you know, we'll take them a long way in being successful in life. Yeah. I, I I'm going to
2: birdwalk for just a second, though, because, I mean, we, we refer to things as soft skills a lot of the times. However, sometimes they are the most important skills. And so I heard something just recently, and I had to look it back up to make sure I was coining it, using the right term that they coined, but they're calling it power skills. I like that because it really isn't soft. It's so essential to the work that we do, and as Gina said, it's a prevention strategy for so many things later in life. And so I kind of like that idea of calling them power skills rather than
3: soft skills. I like oh, totally agree. I like that and why i'll put my two cents in i call them essential skills
0: yeah essential power why do they call them soft cuz they're like intangible maybe like i th- i never really understood why that is like soft skills cuz i'm like a they're hard they're not soft they're hard okay they're hard and b they're they're really important they're they're super necessary super essential super powerful yeah,
2: I think because like what you said, they're, they're not tangible. They're not something that you can necessarily assess with a checklist or a they're
0: assessment. difficult to quantify.
2: Yes. And so it becomes a soft skill. But I love that we're looking at them as essential or power or, mm-hmm. you know, hard skills. They are hard skills. So sorry for that little bird walk. But I think it's it no, good to just to think about that, because then it puts some value behind what is being done with teaching those skills. Well,
0: and it also kind of puts in perspective, you know, these skills are so important, especially kindness that we're talking about today. But as a soft skill, as an intangible, as something that is hard to quantify, it can also be hard for people to conceptualize how to teach that thing that we cannot quantify. And so how do you guys go about teaching kindness with your kids?
3: Well, we do presentations in the classroom on kindness, um, and I always love to use books. Some of my favorite books for kindness lessons, there's the classic, Be a Bucket Filler. Um, And then I love another one called Each Kindness. Uh, There's one called Extraordinary Mary's Extraordinary Deed. And there's another one I love called I Am Enough, because you also need to be kind to yourself.
1: Yeah, critical part for sure. One thing I like to really emphasize, a lot of times schools do a lot of, you can get a ticket if you're kind to someone, and I don't like to take that side of it. I like to teach the kids, what does that feel like inside? When you're kind to someone, what are you feeling? You know You is that, is that bringing out your best person? And I think the intrinsic is the most important part of building kindness in kids by far than
3: anything and
1: extrinsic we can ever give them.
3: Yeah. And what kind of a school do they want to have?
0: You know, I think we talked about that in a previous episode, and I really like bringing it back about um, not rewarding kids for being kind, for having the behavior that they should have in the first place, but helping them... Yeah, helping it be natural, helping it be an mm-hmm. intrinsic motivator instead of extrinsic reward systems and token economies to get them to behave well so that they want to behave well all the time, not just when there is, you know, a, a, a carrot dangling in front of their face. Right. Mm-hmm. We want them to be kind always. Well, and when you do that, when you
1: hand that to them, it takes away that automatic reward that they feel inside. You, you change that, you take it away and you're saying, no, it's about this. When the truth is, kindness has its own reward. And that's that's feelings of I'm doing good. I'm doing good things. Good people do this. That's what makes the world better. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a critical theme that we have to be very careful of.
2: And one of the things that I think about that we need to teach our younger, and sometimes for older students too, But the idea that you don't have to be friends with everybody, a lot of times they associate, well, being friends and being kind. There's a difference. You don't have to invite everybody over to the birthday party or everyone to pizza or any and, and spend extra outside of school time together. But we do need to be kind. And so does that mean that we're inviting everybody except the one person to the party in front of everybody? No, that's not a kind act. And so we, we need to teach our youth. And like I said, not just our young ones, but all of them, the difference of this is my best friend, this is my friend versus I can just be kind to everyone.
0: Yeah. And I think another aspect of kindness that people kind of overgeneralize or stereotype is that if you're kind to someone, then they're going to walk all over you. That you can't set boundaries with people because if you're kind, then you're just a yes man and you can do whatever way everyone wants you to because you're nice and nice people always get pushed around. And it's like you can be kind and still set boundaries, but like kindness and meekness is not weakness.
3: Yeah, uh, and I love um, the seven habits of happy kids. Habit number four is think win-win. So let's dive into that. You're not. So you have your lose win and that's when you let people walk all over you. And your win lose is when um, you don't care about the other guy, just what you're going to get. Mm -hmm. But your win win is when you're looking at what your needs are and considering the other person's needs and you find a way to work it out that you can both get some of what you want.
0: Is that something that's harder to teach with younger kids? The whole idea of like, oh, what is what there's a big fancy word for it, but I'm a big kid and I forget my big kid words um, when... Both parties get a part of what they want, but not the whole thing. Compromise. There Com- we compromise. go. Compromise. There we go. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I can't think of words. This is harder to teach. To, to, like, how do you teach a concept to younger kids? Because I'll be honest, it's hard for me to teach that concept to older kids. I'm at a high school level. And sometimes when I get three seniors in my office that have been, you know, trading blows with each other at lunch and we're trying to do, we're trying to talk about it a little bit. I'm like, guys. This is a really hard concept for some of you, well, I think one thing that's important is understanding that
1: kindness is not going to be taught in one week or oh, even one month. No, no. Kindness is something that you're gonna to have to literally hit on all year long, and just like with any prevention, I don't care if you're you know even talking about drugs and alcohol. You can't have just a one week, a one hit on it, and think you've taken care of everything. It's a constant reminder, a constant. You know, example and talking about it that really develops those skills in the kids, in my opinion.
3: No, totally. Yeah, it's all year long. And I mentioned some stories that I use that are directly related to kindness, but there are several more. But uh, most of our lessons we can tie into being kind, to being respectful. When Mm -hmm. we're kind, we're respectful. We have good manners. Um, When we do our kindness week, we have a manners tip announcement each day, because that's a big part of it. Uh, There's so many things that tie into kindness.
0: Mm -hmm. So I guess, where is a good place to start? Because I I know that uh, people listening may be like, man, these are all great ideas. But like, for you guys, where's a good place to start? The conversation isn't going to finish overnight. It's definitely not going to finish in the course of even being one school year. Hopefully we're talking about these things year after year after year with these kids all throughout their, you know, their, their secondary school experience. Um, so that really gets ingrained in their minds. But where's a good starting point?
1: I think your starting point is setting those expectations in the school. You just set the expectations straight up forward. Like when I'm running into something that isn't kindness, I say to the kid that that's not what we do at our school. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't do that. And it's really not going to work in your life. And then I give them the reasons why. So I think it's you have to start by setting those strong expectations of respect and kindness towards each other.
0: And I think part of that expectation, too, is when the expectation isn't met that we as adults handle the situation with kindness (laughs) versus, get your butt in that corner, you right? Like sometimes, sometimes we as adults can rip the kids a new one when they're being a little tooty faces about things. And and it's not, (laughs) not, not great.
3: Yeah. And it's so important that we are the example. Yeah. Well,
2: and when we're talking about those expectations too, one of the things is we have to be explicit in what that looks like, what it sounds like, what we'll be seeing, what we'll be feeling, Mm -hmm. because we can't assume that everybody has the same understanding of kindness as we want in our school. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be very direct in what that is going to be like,
1: especially at elementary age. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes.
3: Well, and they start to, we all have a need for power. And so students will do something and um, maybe they say something to someone or they gossip about someone and they feel powerful, but they're meeting that need for power in an inappropriate way. Mm -hmm. And so we have to help them see what's an appropriate way to meet that need for power. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. They're just trying to figure it out. And
0: how would you answer that? what is an appropriate way for them to meet that need for power instead of being a bully, instead of trying to control the people? What is an appropriate way? Kindness. (laughs) Ta-da!
1: And you work it through with them talking. You know, I like to ask them the questions and see if they can uh, eventually get where they need to. Or sometimes you do have to Say, well, what do you think about this? Yeah. But then I a big thing I think is role-playing with them. What should that look like? Let's role-play it. Let's say I'm the person, you know, and, and redo it with them. Oftentimes, if you can role-play it with them, you're going to set it in their mind, at least so the next time they approach that similar situation, they know what to do with it. We haven't just talked about it. We've actually done the action of what it would look like.
0: I think that little like kids, even little kids are capable of much deeper thought than we often give them credit for. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes we think that they can't comprehend X, Y, and Z when really they can, if we just give them a chance to talk it out and to express and verbalize what they're feeling, what they're thinking. Um, I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old and a two-week old at home. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, And my four-year-old and my two-year-old were playing and my two-year-old smacked our dog and the dog walked off. And my four-year-old, he crouched next to my son, to my two-year-old. And he said, how do you think the dog felt when you hit him? And I was like, oh my goodness. Oh my, yes. And I'm like, kids are so much more capable of deeper thought than we give them credit for. And so having these kind of discussions with them, it helps them expound that.
1: Yeah. Kindness is very natural for kids actually.
0: Oh yeah. Bullies are not born. They are never born. They are bred by us, us adults. We create them a hundred percent of the time. Yeah.
2: Well, and it goes back to getting that, a need met and they're going to work in the role that meets their needs. So if kindness is getting their needs met, it's an easier path, but if it's not, if it's not meeting their need, they're going to find a different path to get that need met. Kind of like Elise was talking about the power. So sometimes we have to teach them the replacement behaviors because that path has been so ingrained at that point of being unkind to meet that need. So we sometimes have to give that redirection and reteach a behavior Mm -hmm. that seems natural, seems like it should be easier. And it really is, but they've found barriers in that path.
0: Well, and also sometimes the environment that they live in is one where they are a term that our school has been using a lot lately is emotional poverty is that in their own home, they have such intense emotional poverty where they're always in fight or flight. They're always in aggression. And so they know nothing else. They haven't been exposed to enough kindness to know that kindness is king to know that kindness is the answer. Mm-hmm. And then teachers wonder, I don't know why this kid is such a, such a hassle all the time, was such a problem all the time, why they're X, Y, and Z all the time. And then, you know, you, you take into account their home life, the emotional poverty and like, oh, this is the only thing they know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Survival. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I love how Gina mentioned role-playing because that's so powerful. Another powerful thing is to do a restorative circle. If you have a group of kids that aren't getting along, many times they haven't considered the other person's point of view or they don't have all of the information. Mm -hmm. And to use a talking stick so only one person speaks at a time and everyone gets a turn and you're able to help um, monitor that and mentor that. Um, it it's, it's pretty powerful. I've seen some amazing things come from a restorative circle. Mm
2: -hmm. And when you think about those restorative questions, um, that come with that restorative circle, they really are about kindness. Mm -hmm. What were you thinking when this happened? What, what were you feeling when this happened and how do you think the other person was feeling and what could you do to repair that? That's all about kindness
3: mm-hmm. Yeah, getting the empathy, having them consider the other person's point of view. Yeah. Yeah. And really
0: when these kids learn kindness and empathy early on, not only does it, you know, help them in their day-to-day life with, you know, emotional intelligence and things like that, but also it is going to help put them ahead even in their professional life later on Um you know, as a school counselor, I speak with, you know, different, different companies and different people who are, you know, hiring people out of college or hiring kids out of high school for internships. And I more and more and more nowadays, people will hire someone who has mediocre skills, but high emotional intelligence over someone who has higher than average skills and a low emotional intelligence. Because, well, oh, go for it, go for it. I
2: was just going to say, I'm so glad that you brought that up because so many times, I think we talked about this in our very first um, podcast about college and career readiness in elementary school. And so many times we hear in society, kids at elementary don't need college and career readiness. And when we look at what college and career readiness is for elementary, it's developing these power skills, these essential skills, because you're right, that the, the employers are saying... I can teach the topic skills. I can teach how to run the machinery. I can teach how to do the accounting. I can't teach people how to be kind. And so, by focusing on these skills, it is college and career readiness at elementary level. Yeah, absolutely. And Holly,
3: there's another name employability skills. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> there's so I'm, many names I'm,
2: out there for these soft I'm, skills.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, guys, this has been awesome as we're wrapping up a little bit. What are any you guys have any final thoughts um, as we're heading into the month of kindness month, kindness week of things that
3: we can do? Oh, there are so many fun activities you can do. Um, I'll share a few. And I know Gina's got some that her school does. But um, one thing that that's fun to do is to play some kindness songs on your PA system as kids are coming into the school, get them ready for the day. Um, If you, I don't know how many of you recall the prevention dimensions and Steve James, he wrote some songs for that. Look around your school. There are CDs on that oh. you can even download them. But he's got some great songs. If any of you, oh my you gosh, ever is seen that Marvin the and- hot
0: too hot too not. Oh my goodness, Blast <laughs> yeah. from the past. Oh my, and gosh. then it's
3: all be nice, all be kind. Yeah. You know, treat others oh right.
0: Yeah, make yes. yeah.
3: Anyway, so he there's some great songs there. But you can you can find some other fun songs to play. <laughs> um, each class does a kind act. And then the teacher takes a picture of that and uh, emails it to me. And I make a little movie to show we do an assembly and we do a Marvin and Jesse skit. I don't know if anyone's familiar with those. You can download those from Teachers Pay Teachers. There's a cute one on friendship and some others that can go along with your kindness week. We do mix it up at lunch day each day so that the students sit at a different table and get to know each other. We have um, our sixth grade kids, if they want to be part of our kindness team to help with the week, they just sign a paper and, and they help us implement the mix it up at lunch day. They help make, do a manners tip announcement. Of course, we have dress up days and we have a kindness challenge each day and just fun things like that. Mm -hmm.
1: and ours is very similar one thing that i do love to add to that is oftentimes we say to the kids you know do an act of kindness i like to switch that too and i say to them look for someone who's been kind to you and tell them thank you for that so i think it's important that it's going both ways
0: i love that
2: the other thing that i just want to say there's all these fun little sayings like i don't even throw kindness like confetti or things like that. And those are all great. But if we don't teach what that really means, it's useless. So don't just come up with something fun because, oh, it's going to be cute, but be intentional about it.
0: Yeah. Get in those classrooms. Teach. Uh Teach. Yes. Yes. Amen. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, thank you so much. This has been a wonderful chit chat. I love it when all four of us can get together and I can learn so much from you guys. Um, And thank you, listeners, for listening to this week's episode of Starting Little, Ending Big. I hope you all have a wonderful day, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Sounding Board. Email the sounding board at utschoolcounselor.org to send us your questions and ideas. If you like our podcast, please rate and review our show. It helps other school counselors to find us. Links and additional information for any references from today's episode are in our show notes. Check out our website at utschoolcounselor.org where you can listen to past podcast episodes, register for any of our professional development opportunities, and become a member of the Utah School Counselors Association. USCA members also receive a bi-monthly newsletter to stay up to date on current utah school counseling news events and issues you can follow us on facebook and instagram at utah school counselor and on twitter at yuska tweets the mission of the utah school counselor association is to support professional school counselors in their work for students through advocacy professional development recognition and support this podcast would not be possible without the support of our members we'll have more ideas to share with you next week let's go